Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Live and Learn with Daniel Floyd. For those of you that don't know me, I'm your host, Daniel. I'm a teacher and a family man, learning to be better every day through authentic conversations. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. Today, we have new guests on the podcast. Nate and Larissa Ficus are very close friends to Shalene and me, and the four of us are going to be discussing physical health from a Christian perspective. Now, I'm sure that many of us think of healthy diet and exercise as important for taking care of ourselves, and I personally have the sense that a lot of us think of leading a healthy lifestyle as somewhat optional. We may think of those people that take health and fitness super seriously as quote-unquote health nuts and ourselves as quote-unquote normal people who prioritize other things. But maybe this is the wrong paradigm. Could it be that health and fitness aren't about our own well-being, but rather about our ability to care for others? And could it be that our dietary choices don't just apply to our physical bodies, but also hold implications for our spiritual well-being? Does God really care whether we eat junk food or not? Does our physical fitness have anything to do with our spiritual maturity? Well, in this episode, we are going to unpack these very ideas and more. So stay with us. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please reach out. My email is down in the show notes. Also, if you think of anyone who might also benefit from listening to this discussion, go ahead and share this episode with them. We greatly appreciate everyone's support. All right, that's all from me. Let's get right into the episode. That's all you're thinking. You need to hold your mic like on your chin. Like this. Well, that was yeah. more for you guys. Oh, anyway. I can't hear you without the mic anyway. Yeah. Oh, What's the, can you read sense. the quote again? I didn't catch it. Biblically, the word glutton means a person who is debased and excessive in his or her eating habits. Um, and it describes a life given to excess. And like with gluttony, the action is it's an internal process that happens before, during, and after a gluttonous incident. You're, you have preoccupations with thoughts and longings for food all the time. Like how can you... Huh. Yeah. So it's talking about gluttony is not so much the action of overeating as much as it's maybe like the obsession or the over-focusing on whatever you're consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, Mike. <laughs> I think we're not going, are we? I'm going. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think the focus is excess. Like that's what she's trying to point out here is that like internally the desire like that you're constantly thinking about food or thinking when's the next time I can have a snack or like, oh, I want a snack even though you're not hungry but like that that's mm. a part of gluttony too is just the desire for excess which is our culture consumerism in general and here yeah. we are wow they connect yeah but it's interesting because i don't know is it healthier to never think about food i mean no but like your body will audit, like your Remind body you. will yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just thinking cuz like well, I don't know where my mind goes with that. And I don't know, this is, could be an interesting question to hear from everyone. Is that like what I struggle with is I struggle with food being a form of pleasure, which obviously it's enjoyable to eat good food, but I will overeat sometimes because I don't want the pleasure of eating this good food to end. Well, yeah. And so if I'm still kind of full, I'm like, oh, can I push it a little more and get and like enjoy this a little more? And it's ironic that I eat fast because that kind of counteracts the whole aspect of enjoying it. But it's like, yeah, it's kind of like the, the goofy thing of like, I want to eat fast, and but I also want the enjoyment to last longer. And so I don't, so that's his cake and eats it too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that reminds me of addiction. Like when you're like, 
about to do something that you shouldn't, you're like going really fast. So then your brain can't catch up and tell you, wait, hold on. You shouldn't be doing this. So that's similar. And I think I struggle with the same thing. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm just like, I'm puzzling around the, like what would cause you to be gluttonous in the sense of like the book, the quote that you just read of like being over obsessed and, or thinking about food in an un to an unhealthy degree. Um, I don't know. The first thing that comes to my mind is it's a form of pleasure seeking and self-satisfaction. And so I don't know, are there other reasons that come to mind as to why someone would like overeat or what would lead to gluttony? I think it's directly tied to pleasure seeking. Okay. Yeah. Would y'all? I can't think of any other reason. Unless, unless so itself. Carbo loading. Well, yeah, sure. Oh, Maybe no, I'm try. I was kind of being. I, mean, that's I was joking. Okay. Yeah, but if you're actually carbo loading, that means you have a decathlon tomorrow, Get and those it's like gains. got a good reason. Well, not gains. But I'm just, just being dumb now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like because I don't know because Shalene and I have done Noom, um, yeah. which is a pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I don't even want to call it a diet app it's because be psychology. Yeah, because yeah. they get into the psychology of eating and they talk about like multiple reasons that people eat. Some people eat to fill time. Some people eat because it's like, well, I got to fuel myself. And so it's not really an emotional process. It's just something I got to do, which um, our friend Larry is like that. Like he's just like, I just eat just because I kind of have to. Um, some people eat to um, like self-soothe. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Which is but like even the other that thing. is pleasure, right. I think. Yeah, that's all. maybe. Or just a way to deal with stress or anxiety or Medication. negative emotions. Yeah. So I the don't know. The nuance of pleasure, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it could be all boiled down to pleasure. Some form yeah. of pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so even the, comfort. Like right. Comfort, anxiety. You're going to this thing as escapism or, yeah, to seek that little bit of dopamine. Is it dopamine? Yeah, it is dopamine. Yeah, food it'd be yeah. dopamine. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And so, yeah, the whole mm-hmm. the whole issue of eating well is um, it's a whole can of worms. And like, there's all these conversations of like, how does how does your body type fit into it, and the food industry, and like all of these other things. But well, it's yeah. funny. I don't know. I'm just thinking because, of course, we're talking about food, and our listeners don't know. Like, I've been doing intermittent fasting, and then also just in general, that's led to me eating way less just because we're also trying to eat more whole foods and less processed stuff. And so I find that I'm like way more full, way faster and don't eat as much. But today we've still eaten well and like really relatively healthy, but I'm so full because I've overeaten just because one of the pleasure of it, it's been really good food. But I also think interestingly, because we've been so social today with our eating Mm-hmm. I've eaten way more just because like we're together eating food. You're just doing what the group yeah. is doing as opposed yeah. to like during the week, I grab my whatever and eat it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, my body's good. And I move on. Whereas today I was like, we're all sitting around the table. Everybody's still sitting here. Guess I'm going to eat that. And then like, while we were playing wingspan, like I went hard on that popcorn and I was not wanting anymore, but it was there. So I kept eating it and that's no bueno. Yeah, which is part of the whole can of worms of like um, figuring out your eating habits. Well, mm-hmm. ad- ad- addressing or f- changing or fixing your eating habits starts with like what is in your environment. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, yeah. Okay. So, something else that I'm still trying to get used to is the fact that like people can offer me food and I can say, oh, thank oh, you. Well, I, I can know. say, oh, thank you and not have to take any. And like a lot of times people don't even notice or they don't even care. And that just blows my mind because that is not my family. Like in my family, if you didn't immediately take some and eat it, they saw you and called you out on it. Interesting. Like it was like, no, this is the currency of my love. You will imbibe now because I love you. (laughs) And so I've just started trying to practice that of like people can offer me something because I noticed that you do that, Daniel, where they'll be like, here, you can have this. And they'll set it in the middle of the table and you'll say, oh, thanks. And then we'll just continue conversation and you never touch it. And that's a recent thing for me because I started gaining weight um, at the end of college and into grad school. And I was like, I cannot be eating as much as I am and as much as I want all the time. And so I had to figure out ways to 
cut back on like junky foods and sugary things. Yeah. And usually when someone is putting a platter of something in front of you, it's, it's, it's rarely a veggie tray. It's usually like, hey, I made some fudge or I yeah. made some cookies and but, I just... Yeah. But see, you you do not view that as much of as a social currency. Or if you do, you don't care. Uh, yes, I'm not breaking cultural norms, family norms that you are breaking. Yeah. Well, so. Slash, I think there's also a piece of like, we're just different relationally and emotionally. Sure. So, but yes, I'm just still... I just have been shocked by the fact that like in those settings... It has never felt rude when you do that because we're still talking, we're still relating, we're still, quote, loving each other well, and it doesn't matter that you're not eating it. And I've just, like, taken note of that and been like, oh. It also sounds like I you're, could not. you're talking about a situation where someone, like, maybe addresses me, like, here, you can have some, but is also kind of, like, putting it out for the group. Yes. It's not when someone's like, here, right. Daniel, I made this one thing specifically for right. you. No, I'm thinking of, yeah. like, lunch with the posterics the other day when Amy's like, here, have some cookies, guys, if you want some, and oh. sets it in the middle of the table. And you were just like, thanks. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And mm. I took a cookie. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. But so but I had al already me. like previously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had already previously communicated that I was like avoiding refined sugars and stuff like that. So And I think yeah. that just helps. saying that right up front, like, you know, this is what you're doing going into it makes all the difference. Yeah, that's true. But I also think that's a bummer, like culturally, that you have to give this excuse to like exclude you from eating it, which like it makes sense. But it'd also be neat, like if it didn't have to be directly tied to like offending you. If like I didn't eat your cookie, like, but yeah. yeah. Are you telling me that if you offered me a cookie, Larissa, and I didn't give you a good reason and I just said, no, thanks. I think this is because like, um, this is something that I've been like giving myself permission to over oh, the years uh -huh. that honestly, like that actually happens all the time. Like that oh. I'll have something and somebody will come over and I'm like, Oh, I have a scone or a macaron and like, no thanks. And they leave. So either I'm like, well, if you want, you can take one home uh -huh. or nothing. And I'm not going to take it offensively. But I think that's also because I have a level of confidence in my baking at this point. Yeah, you like, do. Doesn't mean that my cooking is bad or my baking is bad. Yeah. It's just, you really don't want that right now. That's, that's good. okay. That's healthy boundaries. Yeah. And respect for other people's boundaries. Yeah. But I think I've felt like I've been on the other side of it too, where like I've tried to say no to something for a lot of reasons because there is a social pressure to it, which we can dive into later. Of Like there's an element of that that's good. And I think, right, like there's an increased level of pleasure that should be happening with food in a social setting like that. So like being social and eating go hand in hand, like even biblically, like that there is the level of pleasure and company and like being around somebody's table together. But yes, that's, I lost my train of thought, so. <laughs> it's all good. Well, you had brought up something interesting earlier today, Larissa, of talking about how like, if you're trying, like say you're like very, very overweight um, and you want to lose weight, like we were talking about how like, it takes a lot of intentionality to lose weight. Even it's like, like it becomes your life. Right. So there's the level of like I need to lose ten pounds and like you need to adjust some things, but like what if you need to lose like a hundred pounds? Like that takes significant, significant lifestyle changes. In every area of your life. Exactly. <laughs> like that will affect your social life, that will affect your financial life and how you buy food. Mentally. Yeah, all of that. And so like it's kind of this uh, maybe all encompassing is the wrong word, but like it reaches every area of your life. But then you were bringing up an interesting point of like, you feel like, I don't know if you've experienced this personally, or have you observed people where it becomes like your identity of like, I'm the health nut in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm, know. Have you experienced that yourself or have you seen other people kind of go down that yes, path? Yeah. As someone like I personally have struggled with um, eating disorders and food fixation, um, like f throughout my life. So yes, experientially, but I see that with a lot of girls in general that like there is, um, there are endorphins that are released with exercise. And like, there is like a feedback loop of like when people start noticing you losing weight, there's like all these compliments that start coming in mm. and like you start seeking that because yeah, it's great. You've worked hard. Like you're going to push into that, but then I think there can easily, like when you have changed your whole life, 
to focus around that, then it's hard to find balance again of like, you can't, it's not sustainable. Like to like, if your whole life is about counting calories or exercising a certain amount, like you, you have to live life in between those things as well. Sure. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, for me, it brings up this interesting idea of like, I think culturally around us, like we, we live in a very humanistic culture. And so, I mean, there can be very, there can be a lot of reasons why I would want to be healthy and why I would want to be in shape. But I don't know, I would venture to say that a lot of our culture would be like, well, it's because of you, like, do it for you. Like you, if you want to be healthy, oh, you want humanism again. Yeah. Coming up. <laughs> we keep talking about this all the time, but yeah, but like, it's very, it can be very me centered of like, I want to be healthy because I want to, I want to feel good about myself and I want to, and I want to, which is a good thing. Right. It's, it's not bad right. in of itself. But then I think that type of thinking can start well and can lead to good physical results but then can lead to this kind of identity conundrum that you're talking about. But I don't know. We were also talking about early about like how as Christians, our physical health and us eating well or not well or working out or not working out or being physically active or not is tied to our spiritual lives, which I don't know. I know some Christians talk about this and we, we listened to an interesting um, sermon about this where a guy kind of talked about this. Um, but I think a lot of people, on it, yeah, least. yeah. But I don't know. A lot of people don't. I think we tend to separate our physical health and our spiritual lives. And so I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. Is just like I feel like the re part of the reason we are trying to eat well as Christians or should eat well or be physically active and healthy has to do with our lifestyle of glorifying God. Um, and serving others. And um, Nate, you were talking about your dad being like, if I'm going to be a missionary to Asia, to the Philippines, it's like, and I'm getting older, like I need to be physically fit yeah, you should talk for about others. That. You should talk about your, your family had a big shift because of this, like the spiritual yeah. component. How long ago was that? Uh, we were in Heartland. I was probably second or third grade. So this is over 20 years ago. Um, yeah. And I remember we refer to the days before those years as the ficus fat days. <laughs> what did that consist of? Give us a little glimpse. The highlight was every Saturday morning, Orange Danish, and it was a great family tradition. Um, nice. Yeah. I don't know where the book came from, but my parents started reading Body for Life, and I don't I don't really feel like I've heard of that book since then, but that's, that's what the Lord used, and they're like, we need to do something different because we want to live in the way that you know, we're not dependent on medications or we're not, you know, having all these health problems in our 50s, 60s and 70s. You know, at that point and for you know, almost 20 years, been going to the Philippines and like, well, that's a that's a lot of travel and that's a lot of toll on your body. And you have to maintain your body in a certain way to be able to be used by the Lord as he sees fit. And so there's it's not just about us when oftentimes we think it is. Yeah, well, that was a huge shift for me from watching Bethany, honestly, like, because in my life, health had always been about like, well, you want to lose weight because you want to be like a good size. And living with Bethany and doing life with Bethany, she was like, no, it's not so much about weight. It's like I have six kids and I want to be able to play with them when I'm older and play with their kids and like right. take care of my body so that I can do what God has for me to do. Like with my family and with my grandkids and in the body of Christ. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's genius. And she was like, yeah, I'm not focused on losing weight. Like, sure, that would be a byproduct sometimes. But like, I need to lift some weights so that I can like lift things without injuring myself. And like, I need to like stretch so that again, I can like lift things and do things without injuring myself. And just hearing her talk about it made it a huge shift in my head to a more healthy perspective of like, no, this is why I'm doing this is like for my family and for like the body of Christ and for the Lord ultimately. And like, that was huge. I'm so thankful because it's a positive goal rather than a negative goal. Yeah. When it's about losing weight. Then it sucks out all the enjoyment they could get from like physical activity or like 
watching what you eat or being more mindful of it, like when it's just about yourself. So that's so interesting that our culture tries to make it about that. But then people start things all the time and fail because I messed up. And then, yeah, that you're not actually enjoying the activities that could benefit you in life. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I also like the connection to legacy of like yeah. not only her kids that she wants to be um, able to keep up with, so to speak, but like, but then her grandkids yeah. of like, yeah. And I think of like my grandparents, like, you know, they're in their seventies, but like they can still kind of keep up. And yeah. I don't know if they thought about that forty years ago and were like, we want to stay in shape, but like, and now they have their great grandkids that uh, they're able to like keep up with. Yeah, and know? and whether yeah whether or not they did that intentionally or they just have good jeans or whatever, but like, well, I don't know, but like my grandpa is like not eating sugar because he needs to not eat sugar. So like even now, what, even if it's a recent thing, like they are being intentional and like that has ramifications outside of themselves. Like that affects my life. And yeah, like you said, the great grandkids and all of that. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's just been helpful. And it also makes you like hate yourself less. sometimes (laughs) like with your what you were saying Larissa about like the failing it's like no it's it's okay like no I'm doing this for good reasons and it's just more inspiring yeah I don't know yeah I don't know healthier another (laughs) Nate and I were driving in the car today and I was kind of like talk just processing something out loud of like another angle I don't know because like jujitsu is something new that that I've been doing and I needed to pause back in like October November Mm -hmm. of last year because it was kind of sucking away a lot of evening time and it was eating into like church life group time for me and Shaleen and then it was like I was I was planning on not going to STWA and like I was taking Saturday mornings and it was like starting to eat stuff up so I needed to pause and 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 it was affecting our marriage too um it was cutting away from time to that. And so like I needed to pause that and it helped, it helped me to refocus Mm -hmm. and bring some other things back into balance. But at the same time, like, I feel like there, I kind of want to do a whole podcast on jujitsu because like, I feel like there's so much there of like the physical benefit that I'm getting from it, the social benefit I'm Mm -hmm. getting from it. It connects to, Like, I imagine, like, my son's doing this and this being an opportunity for, like, building character and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just connects to all these other things for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I was telling Nate this morning is, like, maybe not jujitsu, but, like, physical activity and being, I guess, in shape or whatever, like, is really, really important. And not just important for your physical body, but I would even venture to say that, like, on par or even close to on par with like going to life group each week or like doing church activities or participating in the local body. Um, yeah, because, because your physical fit, like we've been saying, your physical fitness has implications for your ability to serve in missions, your ability to raise your family, your ability to do all these other things. And it's Mm -hmm. like all of those other things are spiritually meaningful and your physical health is connected to that. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I just finished a book called Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly. Oh, you finished that already? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, audiobook, man. It's chill. (laughs) 1.5 speed, you zoom in. Anyway, uh, so I want to get the physical book to reread it to be able to underline and annotate some things, but it was, like, pretty good overall. Um, But something that she said that I want to really just, like, meditate on and take to the Lord some more Cause it's easy to just take it for granted of like, she talked about like our health needs to be an act of worship and like our exercise is worship and like our right. care of our body is worship Yeah, and how, and really you could look the, she doesn't say this, but we talk about at life church, like you're always worshiping something. So your health and your exercise or lack thereof could always be worship in service of something, but of course, like how, so yeah, I've just been asking myself like, Lord, how can I direct this to you? Like, how can this be worship of you and how can my body be glorifying you as I do these things? And like, what does that look like? And what, um, what is healthy and what brings you glory? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, the, your body is the temple for Holy Spirit and we think about the things that we watch or the things that we say or the things that we hear or the things that we do 
but we don't always think about the things that we physically consume into our bodies through our mouths called food. Yeah. And I think we should. Yeah. Or like to go back to something Daniel was saying earlier, like there are so many like spiritual benefits. I think one that we don't always focus about on is even just like the discipline and the habit forming that exercise gives you yeah. that like starts infiltrating the other areas of your life. Yes. Of like, okay, I am not going to spend like all night binging a show because I have other goals in my life or I'm not going to like eat a whole pizza because I know it's going to do this and you can just think a little bit more clearly through mm -hmm. like even some habits that you want when you have the discipline of exercise of like, okay, I'm going to wake up or, okay, I'm going to do this thing, even though I don't want to do it, but I know that there are benefits. Yeah. Like that is, that is spiritual. Like there yeah. are things that we don't want to do in life that we are called to crucify our flesh and to do them anyway. And that that is good. And I don't know, I would even say it. There's a lot of people I admire spiritually who mm -hmm. like, I would say, one of the things that they do is they exercise and I can see how they, they use that idea of discipline in other areas of their life, like disciplining themselves to read the word, disciplining themselves to pray, disciplining themselves to take care of their marriage or to take care yeah. of other people that it like, it's the transferable skill yeah. of yep. discipline applied yes. in all of those areas. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because like, that is so true. Um, like with spiritual things and physical things, I was listening to a podcast and a guy was talking about like, they did a study of like how much people eat versus how much they're physically active. And if you're, but there's a discrepancy. Yes, maybe. I don't know. Okay, sorry. No, ahead. I was just saying, but it's, it's, it was kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if it was one study or multiple studies, but it was like, if you are physically active, like zero, then you eat a certain amount. But then people that became lightly physically active ate less. Yeah. Like it went down and I thought that was really interesting. And I actually experienced that. Like I was like really trying to watch what I eat and then I started jujitsu and in the back of my head, I'm like, ha -ha, this is going to let me eat more because I'm physically active. <laughs> and then I started jujitsu and like two eight. weeks in, I'm like, dang it, I'm hungry less. Like I feel yeah. like I can't even eat more now. It's like, man, I feel like I got gypped, but it's consistent with that. But then, You're hilarious. I don't know. I, <laughs> I still wrestle with this thing of like, I eat for pleasure. And so huh. like, I have, okay. to, I yeah. have to work with that. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. So like, if you work out zero, you eat a certain amount. If you work out a little bit, you eat less. And then as you work out like moderate and more and more heavy, then your calorie consumption goes up with the amount you work out. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, it was just an interesting kind of case study. And like, even just a little bit of discipline trickles into the spiritual areas of right. what you're talking about of like maybe yeah i can sleep better and i'm not watching junk and and maybe i'm more focused and rested which makes me be able to have morning devotions which is spiritually enriching but then like yes it also affects my diet so then it's like it's like a feedback loop positive feedback loop for other areas of physical health on top of spiritual health as well um yeah which is super super cool um and then the other thing i'll even add on top of that of like dealing with discomfort mm, and yep. dealing with like physical physical hardship transfers to dealing with emotional hardship and and spiritual hardship and again it's I'm, i don't think we're trying to say that like if you just work out it'll solve all your problems and like working out is like the only thing that matters in life you'll like, be a spiritual beast if you start working out yeah no it's not <laughs> like it's not like you've earned your salvation or like <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that phrase. Sorry, I just I've never it, said it. I just let it sink in a little bit more, and I was like, "Spiritual beast." We talk some like talking like the ox face and the yeah. man face, and Daniel's the lion prophecies. Face. Yeah. yeah, those are the goals that we have. Yeah, spiritual yeah. beast. No, it's yeah, it's like <laughs> living a more disciplined life doesn't make you a more holy Christian, and I don't think we're saying that. But Larissa and Shalina are like, hmm, I don't know, maybe more holy. I mean, I think it's sanctified. You up more saved no yeah more well we sanctified? i don't know Those are different things maybe i, I think... think it sets you up better because you're already like because i think one of the things you're hinting at and that i'm hinting at is like that practice of discipline is teaching yourself to say no to whatever you want even like the sleeping thing it's like to your flesh yeah. right because i want to stay up and binge this or like i don't want to work out but like you part of that discipline is like no, I need to do this. And I don't know. I feel like 
even that practice of your spiritual person sets you up is crucifying your flesh. Yeah. To yeah. do like, okay, so I don't want to read my Bible right now. I want to do all these other more pleasurable things or seemingly more pleasurable, but I need to do this. Mm-hmm. So maybe it doesn't fix anything, but I think it sets you up well. Well, I think the distinction is it doesn't save you more. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is like I I don't want to go down the route of legalism and Pharisees where it's like sure, because that's of what all these because You're of all these things more right yeah that's all I'm saying but you so. might be more sanctified maybe I'd have to do a study on what sanctifying is if like it's if, being set apart and just, holy and I would just think that one of the fruits of the spirit is self control yeah it's not yeah uh, just showing that you are saved but yeah. it's just fruit of salvation fair enough yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, there's that too. Um, yeah. And that, yes. But also, but if you have a really fit person who's not saved, are they being sanctified by working out? No. So anyway. Sanctified that's... to what? Because yes, they're being set apart For a from purpose. the world okay. to a purpose. So yeah, by the definition of sanctification. Okay. But they're not being like... Sanctified to Christ. No. Okay. Well, there you go. Shalene's got this figured out. Okay. I I have to process this more, but you seem very like you've got I don't have it. I don't want to claim I have it figured out, but I don't know. I've thought about sanctification a lot. Okay. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I'm not trying. I'm saying this like a side jab, but I don't mean it that way. No, yeah. Of like, yeah, I should think about that more. So just continue. (laughs) I'm sorry. I feel like I totally derailed where you were going with that. No, but oops. And maybe it needed to be derailed, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, we what was the book we read as a church that was like the spiritual disciplines of like fa- f- fasting and praying and was that the reading fruitful life? No. Yeah. Well, we read that one. But no, it was there was the, one that literally had the word disciplines. Uh, in yeah. It, I think. Oh. Spiritual disciplines. Is it not on your life? bookshelf right behind you? Somewhere? It probably is. I don't know. We don't need. We're we're tangled in wires right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it sounds like. The spiritual disciplines of a godly life, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Long. That's what comes to my mind, but who knows? We'll figure it out. We'll of put godly it living. We'll put it in the show no? notes. We'll, we'll find it and put it in the show notes. I think anyway, of- but like, <laughs> it sounds like you could add. That was a good book. You could add to that book of like. <laughs> Whatever it was. Eating well. And, I think it was in there. Was it in there? Under self-control. I was in college. I didn't read it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry that was loud. <laughs> but <laughs> So keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off the grid. You I, should read it. It's good. Yeah. I will also pretend like I read it. I just knew it was a oh, thing. Come on, guys. Did you read it, Nate? <laughs> I don't remember what it was titled, but I definitely read you it. Read if it. the church yeah. was doing it. Sorry. Sheesh. <laughs> Bad Christians. Anyway. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's it was just cool to think about how... That's funny our physical health has spiritual meaning. And it also reminds me of, so that talk we listened to, or ser- I can't, I can't decide if it's a sermon or a talk um, that this guy gave. It at was a tr- hosted at a church. Right. It was hosted <laughs> at a church and it was like for Christians by a Christian, but it wasn't like Bible teaching. I don't know. Anyway, I think the guy's name was John Moody. Um, yeah. Which is not like that. Larissa's trying to hand something to Shalene, but, oh, did you find the book? Yes. Spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Nice. What did I say? For the godly life or something godly like that. Oh, so close. You were very so close. close. Spiritual disciplines Anyway, by Donald Whitney. Okay, I, th- I wonder if it was Donald Whitney. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for finding book. that. We Lisa. have two Good copies book. of it. Welcome. I should read one. You should. <laughs> you should. Or both. Right. I could alternate. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, we it, this conversation also just reminds me of this talk, and I'm pretty sure his name was John Moody. I tried to find the talk on YouTube. I don't know if it is. It's definitely on the Canon Plus app. So if you're listening to this, there's an app that just is like its own publishing company, but they also do like video content. Anyway, but he was like talking about how as Christians, we claim that we, A, know the designer of the universe and the designer, therefore, of our bodies, mm-hmm. and then B, that we are attempt either attempting or are living by God's design. And he took that premise and kind of put it on the food aspect of like, okay, we say we're living by God's design, and yet we are like, we have all these teeth problems, and we have all these foot problems, and these health problems, and we're eating like cheese whiz while we binge Netflix, uh, while we binge Netflix like late at night. And it was just like, he was just point. Sorry, I, I queued this up like it was only about food. And then I remembered there's like other health things that he brought up. And ecology. 
Yes, and <laughs> yes, and like the way that we farm and the way that we care for the land or don't care for the land. And I don't know, this might be getting into the other talk by Joel Salatin. Just but, keep going. But yeah, but both of them were talking about like, we claim to live by the, de- uh, to know the designer and yet so many things that we do to our bodies or with our bodies or do with the land or to the land are actually detrimental to it. And contrary to the way he designed it to and, be. Uh, yeah, and seemingly contrary to the design. Mm-hmm. And he didn't necessarily offer any, like, solutions per se, but I think the purpose of the talk was just to, like, highlight this contradiction that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. But I think the thing that, like, really hit me specifically was, like, the food thing of, like, yeah, maybe God does care if you eat cheese Whiz or not. At least eating it regularly because Mm. is that good for your body? And did God design us to eat like fake cheese in a can? That's really probably not cheese. It's probably just like cheese flavored styrofoam. I don't know. I've never liked cheese whiz. (laughs) I don't know if I've even, I don't even know if I've had it. So it's cool whip. Hit me up with that. Right. It's easy for me to, yeah, it's easy for me to knock cheese whiz. Also, also but like, yeah, we all have this thing of like (laughs) the, of like the junky foods we like to eat. And, I don't think it's legalistic to ask those questions or to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that's just another aspect of this that this uh, leads to. And so then, like, I don't know. Like, is soda something that we should be consuming? Like, everyone talks about, like, yeah, everyone in the health, everyone that is, like, into health is like, <laughs> no, soda, don't even touch it. It's, it's, it's right. poison devil juice. Um, Honestly, yeah. it's straight up sugar. Right, and it's like fructose sugar, and I don't know, I could post podcasts about how like... It's not fructose? Well, yeah, yeah, the the guy on the podcast kept saying fructose. I'm like, you're a doctor, why are you saying fructose? But anyway, but like, yes, soda is full of like types of sugar that it seems are pretty clear that like are really bad for you. And so... It tastes so good though with some pizza. Sure, Mm. sure. But, But like, does it make sense to be like, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm here living life on behalf of the designer and I am eating food that is really bad for me. Like that seems like a dissonance that I don't know, doesn't make sense or ought not be. Mm. And so I don't know. I don't know if you guys have other thoughts of that, but that was kind of a very winding kind of <laughs> uh, rant about that. But I don't know. I think I thought it was just thought provoking. I mean, but... I think both the, the part about ecology and a part about what we eat, it kind of all goes back to like stewardship. Well, if we're, stewarding our body well both for the right now or for decades down the road like we should care what we put in our mouths same as you know if we're talking from a farmer's perspective i don't think it's very biblical for like hey i'm gonna treat the land however i want to so i can get as much yield as i can right now and who cares about what happens because that's greed too sure yeah yeah Hmm. yeah i just thought it was uh i thought it was an interesting interesting thing to think about yeah and it also mm-hmm. like i don't know yeah i don't know it was a good talk yeah yeah okay circling back we don't have to talk about this if you don't feel like it ties but legalism like definition wise i feel like we use that more broadly than what it actually is fair enough because kind of tied back to that sanctification versus salvation thing I think legalism by definition is when you're doing things for the purpose of righteousness, like thinking that it will earn you right standing with God, like a salvation, like that's legalism. That's how I define it in my head. Right. So I don't know. So then to say, I think you can do a lot of the same acts that could be legalistic, like labeled legalistic, but if you do it for a different reason, it completely... It's all about the heart. Mislabeled, like it's... Yep, and I think... Um, it labels it differently. No, I think that's exactly relates to what we're talking about here because yeah. like, like, so for example, if I imagine myself and us being parents, it's like, no, you don't get to eat cake, like telling our kids, like you don't get to eat cake right. for dinner and breakfast every day. Uh-huh. And that's a rule. And like, I don't think it's legalistic for us to hold ourselves to that standard or to hold our kids to that standard. Right. And I don't know what Nate just said of like the reason you're doing it, I think defines whether it's legalism or not. Yeah. And it can be hard to decipher your own heart and your own motives. Yeah. Sounds like the Bible right there though. The, yeah. Uh, idol one 
passage, you know? Like, you were quoting it earlier today, like, food sacrifice to an idol, like, that that, that whole passage is basically, Oh, right, like, in Corinthians, yeah. yeah. Your conscience and your neighbor's conscience. Yes, yeah. And what are you doing? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the, so, I don't know, I'm imagining, like, the golden circle of, like, you have why you're doing something in the middle, and then how you do it, and then what you do outside of it, like... Never seen that. Okay, it's a TED Talk. It's a Simon Sinek. It's only the number one TED Talk in the world. But it's a <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it either. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, Obviously. but, like, there's why you do something, how you do it, and what you do. And, like, yes, we can do a lot of the same things as other people, but yeah. why we do it matters more than just what we're doing well and that ties to the habits of the household book that we're reading yeah. because he at the end of every chapter it's literally about habits it's literally all about what you do but at the end of every chapter he has the reminder this is not for the purpose of gaining love from god like or god already god. loves you and we are living out of that and like that reminder is there at every chapter yeah. to like help refocus your heart um, and I just really appreciate that. And that's just been, I don't know. I've just been thinking about that more, I think probably because we're reading like habits of the household and like, I'm trying to exercise more and eat right. And like do a lot of the things, but I'm like very conscious of where my heart is mm -hmm. in the midst of it because I have lived in the more like legalistic ways in the past where I'm like, well, I got to do this because otherwise God will not be pleased with me or like. I won't be okay. Even though I wouldn't have come out and said that, that's really how I, what I believed if I was being honest. Right. Yeah. And that ties exactly into like how we eat and like, whether, do we drink soda? Do we eat cheese whiz or like, you know, candy bars or things like that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like none of this should be like, if you're listening to this, this, sh we don't want this to come across as like, if you just like get healthy, then like God will love you more or God will approve of you more or God will. Or if you don't, God hates you more. Ex yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like that. That's not true either. The condemning side. You're already like your sin is what condemns you. Right. You can be fully saved and eating all the cheese whiz you want. And like, you're still you're saved. saved. Good, yeah. It's you just may a be matter less of useful to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. A slightly but overshaped like, body, but <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And yes. But and accurate. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the legalism yeah. thing explicitly because I think that's a nuance that it's important to distinguish. Mm -hmm. be yeah. Cause with uh, these areas, I feel like we can often like have a trump card of like, well, I'm not eating cheese with, so I'm a better Christian than you because I've thought about all of these reasons. And right. You haven't. So, like, are you really right. saved or sanctified? And I just looked up, like, some Google definitions of, like... Sanctification? Uh, legalism, actually. Oh. And it was just t tying that self-righteousness to a prideful comparison and a smug ju judgmentalism. And I think that's, like, mm -hmm. the, one of the biggest, yeah, concerns with that mindset of, like, if it's just about, like the cheese whiz because that's our example <laughs> sure i hate that that's become the example but yeah <laughs> yeah then like right it's it's a smug judgmentalism and prideful comparison that's not helpful yeah a way because mm -hmm. like i'm i'm excited that like like the four of us are like talking about these things and i'm excited that there's other people in our church that are excited about physical health and like eating well like i love that but like one of the ways that this could go really wrong is if it becomes like a special like super spiritual christian health club where it's like we're the we're the special christians we're the elite yeah because we're super healthy and we love jesus and you only love jesus and so that makes you kind of less than and we're going to talk and kind of act like that like that would be a very bad outcome any man preach any other gospel save that of jesus christ like let him be accursed yeah yeah, yeah exactly and so yeah i'm glad you brought that up of like even the like there's how i relate to god I could view that wrongly, legalistically, but then also the the horizontal relational aspect of that. Yeah, and it's wild because um, you're mentioning how like the um, to use C.S. Lewis's terms for things like this, the inner ring views it. So that sect of like uh, physical health and like Christianity, it all jives. But even like from an outer ring, for those who aren't doing those practices, like they're gonna start viewing the inner ring of people as like well, what's the point? I don't need to do those things because then I'd be obnoxious and judgmental and like smug. So they're mm -hmm. going to avoid all these health things because mm -hmm. why would I want to be associated with this group that's off the rails and doesn't actually care for people? 
Right. Yeah. And I, and one thing I said to Shalene in the car randomly one time was like, yeah, like, like I don't like, I personally like don't want to drink soda very often. Like that's a, 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 a lifestyle that I've decided to live or like I right currently right now, like I'm really trying to watch how much just like sugary stuff I eat. But like, if I go to someone's house and like, I'm trying to build a relationship with someone and they like, like, Hey, we made some cookies or like, Hey, we're, we have soda with dinner. Like, right. I do not want to be like, oh, well, I'm actually like a super healthy Christian and I don't drink or eat any of that. It's just like, no, like there is a place where the healthy mindset still balances with all the other important things. And like among my Christian friends, like that would be bad if there would be discord there. But how much worse would that be if someone who's not part of the church or maybe doesn't, um, is not a Christian, like the last impression I would want to leave is that smug, I'm better than you, or I'm I'm a special kind of person kind of impression. Like that's yeah. the last thing I would want to communicate right. to someone. And so of course I would love to drink Pepsi with you and get to know you and talk about your family. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it like this. Yeah, I don't want like this health thing to be like the thing that overrides every other thing in, my, in life right. that is also important, like building relationships and, and meeting new people and spending time together. Like, yes, there's like somehow all of these things fit together at the same time. This conversation would be really cool and like even more nuanced to include people who have like more dietary restrictions, like for their health. Right. Like I'm just thinking of like Amy or Krista who like can't eat things. And I'm just curious, just some of their perspective on like the social and relational outcomes of that and the like, how do you handle those things and how do you do that in a loving and like Christ-like way and how does that impact your health and like how does that work in your brain space and like, I don't know, it's kind of tangential and off topic, but I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about that, that all of these conversations we're talking about look differently for them. Yeah. I think we can all like grow in grace because I don't know, I, I hear the conversation a lot of like, um, I have a friend who was, maybe still is, I don't actually know, was a vegan and she used that same language. Like if I'm going to go to somebody else's house, I'm going to eat what's before me. And in general, I think that is a good principle. Like you're not going to, don't be obnoxious. Don't be like, well, I'm not eating this. But I think there is nuance to it of mm-hmm. like giving grace for somebody who does have restrictions. Yeah. Or even... I don't know, even while you're talking about that, I'd pose maybe that there is a distinction of even like the setting because, um, mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is like, if you are going over for the purpose of share to share a meal with somebody, yes, I think that would be rude and not helpful within limits. If you don't have a restriction to like not eat what's before you. Yeah. But if it's like this big group setting and there's just food everywhere, right? I think those are the type of things that you could not partake in or like we're at we're watching a movie together and you just put food before me i don't i think that's a good distinction to make like that i don't know if you need to feel obligated yeah to eat that and giving people grace to not do and that that's okay yeah i think you were saying that earlier shanlene of like like there's opportunities where it's like oh just because someone puts food out in front of everyone doesn't mean you have to then take it if you prefer not to yeah so yeah there's some nuance there but I don't know. But then to complicate things even more, which is kind of fun, like <laughs> another thing we were talking about earlier today is like how it is biblical and God, like especially even in the New Testament, uh, Old Testament, I'm sorry, Old Testament, like commands the Israelites to have feasts and festivals and like times of like eating food and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know, I've been listening to like devotionals and stuff like around Christmas time where like a pastor was talking about like, it's Christmas time. It's time to celebrate. You need to eat fudge and cake and cookies. Like, like this is the time to celebrate. And like, there can be, uh, an unhealthy level of like, uh, again, being like stingy and, um, I don't know, like missing the point of the celebration or maybe not even participating at some level by not yeah. doing those things. And I don't know, it was an interesting devotional cause the author and the pastor was just talking about like, like, no, eating lots of, like, really amazing sugary food is, like, uh, 
uh, a picture or an example of like God's love for us and how God is overly generous and lavishing that. And I don't know, it was kind of interesting. So he's like, so in this time of celebrating that specifically, we do kind of go overboard a little bit, but it's for this time of feasting. And then I, you know, he didn't say this, but I assume that like, no, then we go back to normal life. But there, but he was just talking about like, there is an appropriate time to feast and make merry um, with how you eat. And like, that is actually appropriate. And if not, maybe even like what you should do. I don't know. I don't know. Nate, were you going to say something or? Not yet. Okay, I thought Shalene was pointing to you. So well, my I bad. thought he looked oh. ready, so that's why I wanted to defer to him because I have something of like, with that though, the idea of being able to feast and actually it be a celebration requires a the normal, fast. yes, requires a normal that isn't that all the time, isn't ah, excess. That's, that's a good point. Because yeah. if you're and living like it's Christmas all year round, then, then the feasting the is not it's actually not even a feast. Special. It's that's not a gluttony. feast. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's well, it's not it's not special. It makes me think also kind of of, we've mentioned addiction before, but like with addiction that there's like a numbness. And so like you don't feel the pain, but you also mm-hmm. don't feel the goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I think of that with this as well, that like if you're just living it up all the time, you're not really living it up ever. Mm. That, I think that's, that's a, a really good point, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's um, that was in the... I can't remember if it's uploaded or not. I think it's going to come up. I'm all mixed up. We did an episode on screens. Ah, and mm-hmm. the author of that book with like healthy habits with screens was talking about like, yeah, there can be exceptions to the rule yeah. of like, you should not be watching movies all day, but like maybe on a vacation day or on a sick day, like you have an exception and you watch more screens yeah. than normal but his point there was like the fact that that's an exception implies that that you're not doing that normally On a regular basis. and if you are doing that normally then the exception is not really an exception exactly like yeah like we've heard that idea before yeah um, and that's yeah so we should live it up on christmas but we should live not living it up all the time well (laughs) but that also makes me think about because in my brain i go well well, yeah but like what's so special about christmas like why are you living it up but then that points to the heart of like no what is so special about christmas and if like you don't feel like christmas is special like what's going on there as a christian yeah yeah like i'm i'm just thinking of my own heart i'm like well why should i live it up on christmas like it's just another day like i should keep but this is also my tendency that you've talked to me about daniel where Mm. like I do become legalistic in it just for like doing, because I'm, I'm such a routine person that I'm like, no, if I'm going to do the thing, I'm going to do the thing always. And it's easier for me to just do the thing always. And have zero exceptions. Exactly. Or zero variation. Yeah. And I lock myself into that and Mm. I condemn myself if I break that. Mm. And so then it's easy for my brain to go, well, then why is Christmas special? Wow. Because like, if I'm doing the thing, I need to be disciplined and do the thing always. Right. And that is not biblical. Right. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, which is what I was like bringing up of like, yeah. God, yeah. And then that's and, in me. Yeah, that's real. And then what's also interesting is like you skip to Revelation and it's like when the church is like reunited with Christ and it's like the new heaven and the new earth, it's like the the imagery that is used in the Bible is a feast yeah. of like, yeah. And they're probably not just eating bowls of kale, like no offense to kale, but Dude, like we need to get kale. Yes. For a kale salad. Like, okay. They're a really good recipe. And maybe, and that's probably... I'm so excited. And I can think of friends right now that are mad at me for like... Bashing kale. Bashing kale. And that's like, a side note. Keep going. Yeah, We yeah. get the point. Yeah, but like... <laughs> like, no, like the imagery that God gives for like the reunification and like when everything is made right and there's no more suffering and there's no more sin, it's like, there's feasting. It's like, it's not... We're not lifting weights and like working out, like as fun as that can be, but like there is a place for feasting and like eating lots of food and eating cake and pie and stuff like that. Like, like, yeah, being a good Christian doesn't mean we are ascetics, like just like whipping ourselves and how far can I push my suffering and make myself suffer more? Like that, I don't know. Then you're just Buddhist, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you go. I mean, I guess, I don't know, th- th- this kind of came in my thought process a little bit earlier, but like where the Pharisees were like always on John the Baptist, like, oh, he came fasting and they, we think he's got a demon, but Jesus came feasting and we think he's a glutton and a drunkard, like you're never going to please everyone. But right. Jesus was the living manifestation of the kingdom of God on the earth. Yeah. And he was 
feasting with people. He was sharing food and at the table. And yeah. I wonder what that balance looked like for him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He also fasted too. For um, sure. Yeah. I, I want to bring up the idea of balance because I think that is so important as somebody who has like struggled with an eating disorder and overcame that, like, um, but then has done all of the, like the fad diets, like I have done them all and like would just go back and forth between them. And I realized at one point in my life, I'm like, okay, um, just a few years ago, I'm like, all right, this is not how I want to live. I don't want to live like where I'm like cutting out something the whole time. And then like when I get it, I'm like, a, I am like an addict of like, okay, like I can, it's a cheat day or, oh, okay. Like I can with have chocolate, sugar. something like chocolate yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, cause I've done like whole 30 and I've done like keto and I've done, um, like the, uh, Daniel fast and I've done just fasting and I've done intermittent fasting, like you name it. And I have probably done it. Hmm. And a lot of that is like based on like either removing something completely, like putting it into a safe. Yeah. Like I literally did yeah, that. Like man. there was a season of my <laughs> when life. We lived together. She told me where the safe, she had me hide the safe one time. Yeah. I would have a safe full of chocolates yep. and I, th- that's part of like the distinction of like food fixation where like, because I couldn't have it during a normal day. Like I would look <laughs> forward to it. Like one day when I would bust it out, like this is ridiculous, but there'd be some times where I would just get it out to look at it. Yep. Mm. And Excited. Giving it to me, we were, I think, like you were dating, I think we were courting at that point. And you're like, can you just send me a picture of all the things? <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> and it's like, okay. Right. So this is over the top. I but- remember I would come home. I'm sorry. No, I would come home it. and you'd be on the living room floor with it all spread out. And you were just like one by one. Look. <laughs> I'd be like, this is healthy. Yep. <laughs> right. So that was the exact season, people, you. that the Lord was talking to me about balance of like, wow, this is, this is not okay. Like you do not like Larissa, you do not have a healthy relationship with food. Like great that you don't have like an eating disorder like 10 years ago, but like you still don't have a healthy relationship with food Mm. that like you go to somebody's house and like, if there is food out on the table, like you're think like, this is wild now because I'm in a whole different spot, but like, I'd be thinking about it all the time or like, can I try this? Like, do I want to try this? Like I shouldn't try this. And then like, it'd be like a mental battle. Yeah. You know, Uh, I'm so proud of you because I don't like, I've gotten to be around through this whole thing. So I haven't like consciously thought about it, but now that you're talking about it, like, yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, I, I I joke sometimes because I'm like, um, I'm a little pudgier now (laughs) that I have more balance, but I'm okay with it. But long story short, like the Lord really convicted me because like at that juncture, I think Nate and I had started dating and I was thinking about the future and like, I don't want to pass this on to my kids on accident. Like this level of control or like that if you eat cake that it's like you could gain five pounds. And like, I know those things aren't true, but I'm like, I don't want to pass this on to my kids. Yeah. And uh, very motivating. Right. And it was really convicting of like, I need to deal not just with like my actions of like limiting or like not Mm -hmm. doing the excess thing, but like also my heart Mm -hmm. and my mentality. And I started reading a book that kind of talked about these things and it just changed how I theologically view food Mm -hmm. of like, there is a balance. It talked about feasting and fasting and like, food did not have to taste good so there is like even a purpose in that that god created food to taste good Uh for a reason it's just another area that we have taken to our own extremes and pleasures of like using it selfishly but because i think there's a lot of precedent in the bible like we're talking about that the pleasure of food is like meant to be relational i'm not gonna hold fast to that but a big part of it is meant to be relational like that the dinner table eating a meal together feasting having festivals that there's something beautiful about the pleasure of food socially yeah well you never see a feast where you're supposed to lock yourself in your room and like go ham eat the whole cake yeah right right. that's not a thing what book is this this the book is called full food jesus and the battle for satisfaction um, for somebody who's maybe never struggled with this, some of these things will be extreme because like the author has had an eating disorder or oh. has fluctuated because like even over exercising can be yeah. considered yes. an eating disorder. And I've I've done that too. Um, but I just love that like through all of that, the Lord has brought me to a spot where I'm like, I want to exercise and I want to eat well. But like if I eat a cake, or I'm not going to eat a cake, sorry. Like if I eat a cookie, 
it's fine. <laughs> like I'm not. Yeah. Well, and even kid. the fact like it's really so beautiful that like now you literally like love baking and yeah. you like have a Macron business right. and like that's really cool too. Right. Like, and I don't know that that would have been possible because that was a fear, but I've actually learned that even in that, like in the baking process, it's actually more pleasurable to me because it kind of kills the whole, uh, like relating it to an addiction cycle of like, if I just buy it from a store and immediately eat it like that, I'm just going to go hard because I don't know the process of it. But whenever I'm making a macaron, like the, knowing that it takes two or three hours, I'm like, it's a delicacy that I appreciate. And I don't go hard on the items that I bake, which yeah. I'm shocked about. But I'm like, I don't want to. Like, I enjoy the process of baking. And I'm like, oh, I get to eat a macaron or I get to eat a chocolate croissant. And we have not gained, I don't think we've gained weight because of my baking. So, like, that's really cool. I just thought those things went I hand think in I hand. I think I maybe have. Sorry, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, but, it sounds like the answer, Shalene, is you just need to bake your own and then yeah, <laughs> learn just, the discipline. No, I just need to learn how to have things set in front of me and say, oh, thank you, and not take any. Yeah, but I think balance, <laughs> that was my biggest point that I want to yes, leave with, sorry. that balance is important. Like, to go too hard with exercise, like, that becomes your life. That's not healthy. To go so hard with food that you just eliminate all these different categories, like, that's not a healthy mindset. I mean, unless it's, a like, a necessary medical thing um yeah Yeah, or maybe another i don't know another way of saying because balance to me sounds like i find i find like eating this much or working out this much like a certain combination of things and then that i never change okay can be could be interpreted as balance or another way to think about it too is like ecclesiastes of like there there's a time and a season for everything Mm. and so maybe balance is like in this season i i eat differently i eat desserts and stuff like that maybe for a feasting season and then in this season i don't or in this season i'm gonna fast and i'm not gonna touch any food for a couple days because i'm seeking the lord or i'm i'm praying or something like that but but then i go back to that maybe all of those levels yeah. Because I think if you just do on a seasonal basis, because a season could be a longer period that right. maybe could get into unhealthiness. Right. Fair enough. But yeah, I think there's two different ways to think about balance yeah. of like yeah. balance in the like, what are constant ongoing things that I want to kind of maintain in perpetuity? Mm. And then like viewing other things of like balance in terms of like emphasizing different things in different times as opposed to emphasizing everything always or nothing always, nothing never kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know, balance, there's, I think there's just different types of balance or different aspects of balance. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to undermine what you said, but that's just like another way that I can think about it of like in seasons, I do different things that yeah. are predetermined and social and with other people. It's not just me making my own rules for my life. Yeah. Um, I'd agree yeah. with Shalene. Like I see what you're saying about balance, but I also do think that there's even within the seasons, like more nuance, like, okay. Okay. There's still principles to follow. Right. Cause sometimes like with a mindset, if you have jumped from fad to fad or thing to thing, it like your whole life is about the season in an unhealthy way. Okay. Does that yeah. make sense? Like there is healthy in there. I, I do think like the Bible has structures of feast and fast. I'm like, I'm condoning condoning that, but like, but even that, you wouldn't say a season of feasting. Right. Oh, like a feast point. was usually like a week max. Well, good when point. I'm saying season, I'm saying like, yeah, it could be a week. Okay. But maybe to you, when I say season, it sounds like season six months. Season is a season, babe. Like, I'm not talking about the weather. So. I know, but just <laughs> yeah. the connotation of that word. Is okay, is like three a months. A little longer. Fair yeah, enough. Right. Fair enough. That's and a okay. lot of like um, health. <laughs> Love you. Vernacular, and that's not the right word. A lot of. Um, health people nutritionists will say like eating in moderation is better than elimination mm-hmm. um yeah. especially w- i can testify to that i mean i'm kind of in a different spot where for most of my life i've been super active whether it was running working out basketball working in a furniture store a variety of different ways whereas this season of life i'm not i'm working a desk job i sit i make calls I drive to sit and have conversations. And so like yeah, really sitting. the main way that I'm able to control kind of my health is just by watching what I eat. And so like just one really practical thing is when I go out to a restaurant and I'm eating with somebody, 
my goal is I want to take enough food home that Larissa can have a meal. It's nice. So she gets to enjoy the leftovers. And because it's not hard for me to clean my plate. It always brings home about half, I'd say. That's Oh, so you're talking about instead of eating all of it, leaving food for Larissa. Yeah, right. Oh, right. Okay. Because so. you would easily, no problem without thinking, just clean your plate. Yeah. So, but shifting it to know my goal is to leave half, you have enough to be satiated. Yeah. And it's surprising because, yeah, I kind of raised like, you always clean your plate. Right. And like, okay, so that's what I needed to get. I'm like, no, you can eat half the plate. Larissa can have food. What and a that's, deal, man. I know. It's the best. <laughs> that's how I. And you're saving money. Yeah, and I also love how I also love how you watching your eating is tied to someone else's benefit. Yeah, and right, right. I'm a fan because I'm a stay-at-home mom, so sometimes it's like, oh, Nate gets to go out to eat again, but like it doesn't feel like that because he always brings me home a little treasure, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a really cool hack. Did you have more to add to that? No. Okay, I just wanted to make sure not to butt in. You're good. Yeah. Well, this is also in. Tied to the discussions, Daniel, that we've been having about taste. Yeah. And um, like having good taste because we've also been talking about in our home of like moderation and like feasting and fasting. Like, what are you going to spend that on too? Like, we've literally thrown out some chocolate just because it's like junk, cheap chocolate that like when I'm going to feast, I don't want to spend my calories on that. Like, why would I not? She wants to eat my macaron. That's Honestly, what she wants to spend her calories on. Like, that's definitely, yeah, like a few truffles made the cut and like some Ghirardelli caramel chocolate squares. Like they're still in the, cl- the pantry for like. Yeah, we had later. a funny moment. We're like going through like, all right, here's all the Christmas or here's some of the Christmas candy we got. So no, we won't say whose candy we threw away and whose we didn't. But, <laughs> but like we kind of did had this moment of like, we got to sort through this and like, yeah, we want, we don't want to just consume everything just because it's in front of us. We want right. to kind of curate our our lives yeah. to appreciate things well. And I don't know. And so like, yeah, if it's junk, then like, why should I be eating it? Which made don't me f- have to eat the cheap chocolate. Right, right, which made me feel bad because literally Daniel's like, throw it away. And I was like, we can't give it to anybody. And then it's like, but yeah, if we're saying this is bad, like <laughs> why would we give it to someone else but then and then that took me in a whole weird existential maybe not existential but just like (laughs) our country's doomed direction of like we have so much junk yeah and like we're all eating so much junk (sighs) yeah i know yeah i can't even goodwill my junk because it's not every it's not good for anybody else right anyway yeah yeah some some food food products just need to die. I think. So, yeah, I Daniel. Literally, I was standing over the trash can, holding it. Like, are you really? I should just throw this away. And he was. He just nodded at me, and I like dropped it in and just looked at him real sad. And he just <laughs> nodded, and I was like, okay. And I walked away from the trash can. <laughs> it was so hard. Oh. You did a great job, Shalene. Thank you. It so. just kills my saver instincts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you said that. Like I imagine savor with an O, which is funny because like I feel like, like that's savior. The, no, savor. Oh, savor. Yeah, S-A-V-O-R. which is not the point. But I feel like it's kind of the point of like you no, I'm can refining have, my right, savor instincts like you because can be a I savor. Oh, yeah. look at you! You're learning to be a savor. Ooh, pulling with an O. Words in. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I want to be a savor, my not a savor. Thumb is numb from holding the mic. That's weird. Well, it's because we've been podcasting for almost an hour or over an hour. Wow. And so we've gone long, but I've just never done that. I don't know. I think, cool. I've really enjoyed this. I think this is a really cool conversation. I would love yeah. to continue to have this conversation, obviously among the four of us, but with other other people we know in church or outside of church or in general. Um, if you're a listener, um, you definitely should email us. The email's down in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation. But I don't know, unless you guys have other things to throw in, I think that's a good place to wrap it up so no it's good very cool thanks nate and larissa for jumping in with us thanks for having us on yeah all right thanks everyone for listening we'll catch you on the next one Bye. bye bye bye